0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we have Mr. Caleb Gilliams. He's joining us all the way from across the pond, overseas, over in the United States, working in Canada, US, all over. Uh, And now, in this episode, we dive into wealth and wealth creation. And you'll probably see, and you'll probably wonder if you watch this episode, why is this 10-year-old child educating educating me on wealth and finance? but he's one of the youngest people ever to be running uh, an investment fund, one of the youngest people ever to be working in investment banking, but he has some proven, formulated fundamentals. So if you've ever gone, I wanna know more about wealth creation, about improving my wealth, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. And of course, if we can help you get wealthier through your marketing, head over to www.marketingmogul.com.au where we've got your back when it comes to all things marketing and advertising. But until then, let's jump into the show. Ayleb, thank you so much for joining us today. really appreciate you making the time.
1: Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
0: I'm excited to have you here. And I always like to start off this question with the same question to everyone. So if you and I met and we're out at a party, number one, everyone's going to be like, what's this young kid doing here? He probably can't drink. I don't know why he's at this party. But if I met you at a party and said, Caleb, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer?
1: <laughs> it's depend- it, it depends if I like you or not. I'll give you different answers. Let's just assume, but...
0: let's just assume that you like me, first of all. Right?
1: <laughs> uh, <go from> <laughs> yeah, besides being carded for every time, because I, I look like I'm 15 years old. I would, I would say something like, I'm in the financial service business. I'm in the business of helping people use money as a tool so that they can live more intentionally. And that's code for helping people use money well and efficient so that they can live the life that they want. And so that's what better wealth is. And that's what I do.
0: And how have you found it? because obviously, as you mentioned, and for anyone if you're listening to this on audio, you definitely want to check out the video and see how young Caleb does look <laughs> because you look much older now, right, but you've obviously gone through a period of time where you went into the finance industry at nineteen, right, yeah, yeah, and then you're telling people how to use money more effectively. they're probably like uh, yeah, oh yeah, I, I get
1: I'm used to it man i when i <laughs> I started working at a bank when I was seventeen years old, i've always been really short for my Age and and also I I struggle with reading, so I kind of I had a kind of a rough rough upbringing. I didn't think I was going to amount to anything, quite frankly. Worked at a bank, worked in our investment department when I was 19 years old. Took over the bank's investment department, becoming one of the youngest people in the states to have that responsibility. And I always call it the 10 minutes of horror because when clients would come in, I think they would assume like I was like an assistant or maybe a teller, and so I would like they would come in for their investment checkup. And I would like, I would like usher them into my office. I had like a corner office, shut the door. And you could just see like their faces get like just stone cold. <laughs> They're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so I've just learned to, I, I really learned to embrace it. And I grew so much from, from just that experience. And I realized a couple of things. Number one, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I, I really, that's cliche statement, but I believe that. Number two, I really, I really started to understand how to listen and really seek people's why statements. Most people don't even know why they want to do what they want to do. And if we can be in any industry, by the way, if we can understand how to articulate someone's why, they will feel understood. And no matter how young they look, I'm a perfect example of this. No matter how young you look, you can help help them and, and get through to them and communicate well. And then I was obsessive about learning. And I had some of the best minds in money, teach me. And so from 19 to 21 is where I, I worked at the bank. And when I graduated college, ironically, I graduated a year early. I never thought I would have even got through college. Originally, I graduated college and I knew I had, I knew I had to live my one life well and working at the bank was only going to take me so far to the point that I, I knew I wanted, I had a message that I needed to share with the world. And so I, I became one of the youngest people to start a company. Uh, now it's Better Wealth. And essentially, Better Wealth is the company that I, that I get to, to work in, and run today. And we, we serve people all across the world, majority in, in the States and Canada. It's been an amazing journey, and I've learned a ton from that. But that was my journey. And it, it definitely, there's a lot of days, if I'm being honest, that were frustrating. And I'm just so grateful that I stayed consistent and I just didn't give up.
0: So... As you were going through, you mentioned going through college, weren't even sure that there's something you're going to be completing. What was it about the world of finance and money that interested you? Because you obviously also mentioned it's like, oh, cool, you understand their why, you understand what people get up for, why they want to do something, which is really applicable to any industry. So what was it about money and finance where you were like, hmm, this is where I want to kind of play my flag?
1: Yeah, great question. I think a lot of people that don't have a good relationship with money see it almost as the status itself. See it as that thing that if they they feel like if you had more paper dollars, you'd be happier. For me, I just see it to as a means to the end. I, I believe money is an amazing tool. It's just a median of exchange. And if you know how to use it, you can literally help more people, create a bigger impact. I'm i I'm a very passionate person about things that I believe in. and. I, if I, if I can attain it, if I can use it well, I can literally be a more effective person. I made a mission statement for myself that simply reads, help people see and reach their highest potential. The sad reality is a lot of people aren't even living to a fraction of their potential because they don't understand how to use money as a tool. So I think all those, I just realized that, man, if I really want to make a difference, like if I really want to make a difference in this world, I need to understand how to use money. In the context of time, and you also can't forget about your health because I think health has a lot to do with, with wealth as well. And so I just think I got that at a young age. And also like that one of the guys that was like very early on and helped me co-found better wealth died, died of cancer. And I think that also gives me a lot of perspective. And so in this journey, I've learned and I've, I've, I've had highs and I've had lows and I've realized that money doesn't solve your problems, but it sure, has, it sure does help things, especially if you have the right mindset and the right foundation.
0: So I know that you work with people all over the world but I'd love to just go to for your own personal context what was one of the first things that you had a realization about and how did you kind of leverage money to be able to benefit you cuz I know a lot of people sometimes they're like yeah but like, does that mean I just I need to save a lot? Does that need I mean I need to invest a lot? Does that mean I need to buy shares, property? Well, I want to ask you a question about like crypto and things like that, and your thoughts on that area also. But for yourself, what was one of the first things that you were like, "Cool, this is how I can make money almost, you know, work for me, so I can achieve my highest potential"?
1: One of the biggest things that I just realized is majority of people we're we're being taught and go anywhere, any country you go, you're, you're being taught this that what you should be doing is is saving money. Investing it in what I call hope, the hope plan, and and just you know go go live your life. And I think for a lot of people that that's that's totally fine. actually, they should do that because they'll they'll spend it if they have the money. But for me, I had this dilemma, and the dilemma was essentially like I knew that if I invested in myself or had money liquid, that I think I could have used that as a tool to do some amazing things. And I'm an example of what I did. But then I also realized that though a lot of people are not being taught how to do that well. And the, it kind of hit me. When you look at a balance sheet, there's assets and liabilities. Liabilities are debts. And so you take your assets, anything of worth, worthwhile, whether they're retirement plans, real estate or whatever, you subtract it with debt, you get your net worth statement. What's interesting to me is you will not find your name on a balance sheet. So, so in other words, what I'm saying is we can list all your assets, anything of value and all your debts, and you get a number. And that number ultimately tells you your net worth. What's crazy is I really believe that you are your number one asset. I really do believe that because you're the derivative of everything. Like, think about this. Everything that you have today is most likely because of you, your ability to work, your ability to provide value. And yet we are in an industry that literally devalues, that's a made up word, by the way, devalues your ability to see yourself as your greatest asset. I just saw that so many people we're not living in a way that we're enhancing their time and how they're thinking. And, and, and so I just saw the stress that that played. And so when I took a step back, I was like, I want to use my money to bet on me. And that's exactly what I did. I actually, I invested in the market early on. I never lost money in the market. I had just, just to say, like I graduated college where most people have debt. I had over $30,000 invested, no debt. I cashed my money out of the market to invest in myself. And now we have a seven plus figure business. We're in almost all 50 states in the United States. We have 16 people and counting on our team. You, you might say like that was a dumb move, but I, I got really clear on what I actually wanted. The other thing that I'll say is it's very, very important to me that people get really clear on what their ROR is. ROR for me stands for return on result. Wall Street will say it's rate of return. I don't think rate of return really matters a ton because you can't spend a rate of return, a rate of return doesn't create value for you personally. But if you can design your life, your time, your money, your abilities in a way to strategically and deliberately give you the kind of life that you want to live, I'm telling you, you will live a more wealthy life now and in the future. And that's our whole mission at Better Wealth is to live intentionally. And so it just, I think for me, it just, I I realized this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to do today to get that. And and when I then when I realized that money could just be a pouring fuel on that, I was like, "This is amazing."
0: Have you ever read the book *The Alchemist* by Paulo Coelho? I've not. Uh, I highly recommend you check that book out because a lot of the things. That you're saying there is like a similar overarching belief in that book, which is around the, well, my interpretation of it anyway. Right. So it's like the alchemist is someone who can turn like lead into gold, right. In yep. old times. And for me, I always say, like so if you're a business owner or if you're someone who is investing in yourself and wanting to have better wealth and grow, you really become an alchemist, which is like, cool. You can turn anything into gold, money, you know, results for yourself. It's in, in like exponential rate of result on yourself, because, you know, I look at it from a marketing standpoint. It was like, cool. I click a few buttons. I put up an ad. People inquire. Yeah. I speak to them. They give me money for me to help them do the same thing. I'm like, man, that's like, to me, it's like, I just made money come from nothing by typing. You know what I mean? Like I just typed and put up an ad and then sub- suddenly people inquire and then, you know, we've, we've got sales and we've got a business that's growing. So you know, I wholeheartedly agree with all your points that you said there. Now, if someone, like, when f- people first come to you, because obviously, like, and I, I love that you've got a, a more, i'll say like esoteric approach to money and wealth and growth like what are some of the things that you see a lot and again as i say like all over the world or, or even locally what are some of the mistakes that people are making with their wealth or with their money obviously you mentioned a few already that mistakes that people can make being like i'm just going to hope and just put money away and do nothing yep. but is there anything that you see like quite consistently across the board you like shouldn't have done so, that shouldn't have done that
1: yeah two, two things and and really take this in context. I, a lot of times are, are critical on people that make a lot of money that just wastefully invest it. So, so for instance, I think the number one mistake I see in, in this category of people that have a lot of potential is they make money, they want to do the right thing, but they invest it in assets and other things that don't actually give them the, the result that they want. So it's like on, on one hand, I, there's the story of a business owner that's killing it in business, could reinvest in their own business and continue to grow took a lot of their money, invested it in other investments that are not necessarily liquid. They had, they had, you could maybe get an eight, nine, 10, 12% rate of return. And what you're doing is you're starving your business and dramatically potentially taking yourself out of business to maybe get a good rate of return. And I look at that and go that you're, you're being dumb. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you starving this thing that's feeding you to begin with? So I think a lot of business owners they have this tendency of like, hey, I should do this account or I should do this account instead of taking a step back and saying, where can, where's the best place for my money now and in the future? We have to understand that there's two type, there's two types of elements here. There's a long term time value of money, pretty much saying any decision I make today, my dollars are worth way more than a dollar. So if you lose a dollar today, it's worth way more than just a dollar that you lost. If if you save a dollar and saved in a in a place that could earn interest. The dollar is going to be worth more than a dollar in the future. Then there's also the control element of, especially if you're a business owner or if you're a marketer listening to this, you have to understand that you having control over capital could be far greater than a compound dollar. And so you just have to understand like, where can I get my best value bang for my buck? buck? But we need to understand that there's a compounding and control and they're they're very much at war with each other. So that's that's number one. And so if you're an entrepreneur, really, really take a step back and ask yourself, what do you really want? And put your money in a place that will help you get there. I stress that, but I see so many entrepreneurs trying to do the right thing and they're starving themselves in the process. That's number one. Number two, most people are broke because of themselves. It's a hard issue. They have, they have no discipline. They're not, I, just, I just interviewed today, actually, a uh, Millionaire Next Door author. And while the Millionaire Next Door has, I mean, a lot of people have opinions, essentially it was just a study. Of millionaires and how they essentially, like I could summarize the book. Like they didn't they didn't spend money. They were frugal. They didn't have their identity in the newest car or the newest watch. And I'm not here to judge. I just know a lot of times people are broke and it's the behavior that they that the reason why they're broke. And they do this behavior because they're trying to impress their friends that they don't even like. And it's just so evident. I see it so often. And and I just think people really need to to take a step back and say, like, Like, who am I trying to impress here? And what's actually important to me? Because a lot of people are spending a lot of money on things that they don't even value.
0: I think that's 100% spot on and it's a very good one. So most of the time, with most things, it's like first you have to look inward before you can look outward, right? And even same with like when we have people come on for, and I always just tie it back to our business, like for marketing and things like that, it's like the only time if a business is not working effectively is normally because there's an issue with like the founder or the head or the CEO. And it's like they need to get past that first before. Then they're like, oh, you know, like why aren't we getting this result? It's like, well, because at some point, Somehow you seem to be self-sabotaging the result here by like maybe not calling the leads or only doing this or only speaking to these people, and it's like yeah, when that's and that generates that that result, right? And it's like, until they fix that, it's nothing else is going to be able to solve that problem. What have you noticed, obviously, with everything that's happened recently in all the global crises and things like that? And a lot of people are like are touting and saying, cool, there's obviously there's been some form of recession, if not depression around the world. And, you know, some people are saying, you know, the worst is yet to come. What's your viewpoint on that? Number number one, I would love to hear just insight from like the from the US and, and Canada that like the North America's viewpoint and then like the globally as well.
1: Yeah. At the time of this recording, we had one of our worst days in the stock market. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely ve- a lot of volatility. I think one thing that I'm seeing is even in this whole pandemic, housing prices skyrocketed. I don't know if you if you experienced the same. And so things that I don't fully understand, it's like, oh, record number of people are unemployed and losing their job. Yet housing prices are at an all-time high and the stock market's at an all-time high. And and you could, there really, it's because of interest rates and in the the economy and our government's printing money and money's got to go somewhere. So, a lot of that is is kind of funny money. I always go back to this. A lot of people ask, okay, what about inflation? Like, what what happens during like doom and gloom? And we can talk about crypto. We can talk about gold. But I always go back to this: whoever creates value in the world will always be able to feed their family. So yeah, we can we can talk about gold. We can talk about crypto. We can talk about these investment strategies. And at the end of the day, if it really gets that bad, I would much rather have a, have a garden, potentially guns. Um, don't take me out of content. <laughs> but like I would much rather have certain things. And, and like the person that's always able to create value will always be fine. Whether cryptos are new currency, whether we're exchanging with like we're going back to bargaining, like anything like you create value, you will be able to attract certain things to you. And so what I always go to back to is make sure whatever you're doing, make sure that you're investing, make sure whatever you're spending your time and money, make sure that there's value being created. That's gonna be the way that you get through hard times. Don't invest in a get rich quick deal or don't invest in a fad because it might be great, but if it if it goes away, like it just go back to the value creation. and, And that's that ultimately, regardless of where we go in this world, the people that will always be fine. Are going to be the people that innovate through their ability to create value and that's why i'm such a huge fan of entrepreneurship is because these are individuals that literally are in business because they know how to create value and i think they will be better off quite frankly when things get tough because they're already getting conditioned to survive
0: and you mentioned a few things there gold and silver crypto some of my favorite uh, topics and things to, to look at and and see if someone comes to you and they're like, cool, Caleb, this is something, obviously let, let's just paint a scenario that most of their other stuff is in alignment, they're not starving their businesses, they're investing in themselves, they had some of that extra, extra cash like, when do you see as a time that someone should be investigating like one of those yeah. two options? Cause some people are like, cool, you use it as a bit of a hedge against other things. Some people are like, yeah. no, the gold silver ratio is completely off and it's going to go crazy and blah, blah, blah. And same for cryptos and stuff. Like what's your, like, again, obviously guys, this is not financial advice. This is just me and Caleb yeah. having a chat. So, you know, take anything yeah, don't that you get me. lightly. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's a clean slate here. You can, you can say anything you like, any, any viewpoint you like.
1: Yeah. I, I want, I'm, I think this will resonate with a lot of your listeners is, there's no such thing as like a bad investment. So like I could I mean I could talk I could talk all day about real estate. I my, I literally wrote a book on life insurance by the way. I could talk about life insurance. I wrote a book. I mean, you you could talk about index funds, you could talk about gold, and a common question that someone will give is like where should I invest my money? And I just go back to so I go back to number 1, are you maximizing what you're currently doing? As an individual, if the answer is no, if you're like making half of what you should make, you should honestly just go back to figuring out how to wait, how to double your, your ability to make money. Cause that's in most cases, that's the number one way that people can change their life. After that, it goes back to, there's no such thing as a bad investment. It's just in the investor. There's a lot of bad investors out there. So if you're someone that's reading a headline and then saying, Oh, I want to go into crypto because it's the hottest thing. I would encourage you to pump the brakes. But the person that's listening to me that studies crypto and has specialized knowledge in it, who am I to say, go for it? Because you can find money in any area, option trading, the market, real estate. Real estate real is one of those things where a lot of people love to talk about. Robert Kiyosaki, it's amazing. It, it hopefully, we'll appreciate growing value. It'll, you'll create cash flow. There's certain tax benefits you can use leverage to acquire it. Does that mean everyone should do real estate? No. There's a lot of people that lose their shirts on real estate okay. because- they suck as an investor and they don't understand what they're doing. So it's just like, it goes back to invest in yourself. And then wherever you put your money, really don't like, I guess, I guess be very valuable in this sense of creating specialized knowledge because that's what's really going to pay off. So hopefully that makes sense because I, I think like, again, if you don't know what you want to do and you want to just get an average return, put your money in some kind of index. But I don't think a lot of people listen to podcasts to be average.
0: That's very true. And just out of my own personal curiosity, right? You mentioned insurance, and I've been seeing some people that have been talking about different strategies and whatnot in America. Because from my understanding, we don't have this in Australia. And it always kind of blew my mind. Someone's like, oh, yeah, I have like three insurance policies because it gives me this, this, and this. Just like for in layman terms, just because I'm sitting there going, like how does it doesn't make any sense to me? I don't understand. Like in layman's terms, how does that work in the US? Because to me, I was like, this seems kind of crazy. If you're
1: you're listening to this in the USA or Canada, take notes. I save over six figures a year into life insurance. Okay. My book is called The And Asset. And so essentially what I'm doing is remember when I was telling you about control and compounding, and those are like two things that are like kind of fighting each other. When I save my money into what we call overfunded insurance. Mm-hmm. So what I'm overpaying for the insurance benefit. I'm getting the le- least amount of insurance as I can and maximizing the cash. What I'm essentially doing is I'm able to save money. It's going to grow tax-free without fees, without losses for the rest of my life. Could be the next 60, 70 years, conservatively grow. But I also am able to use it like a personal bank to then you know, leverage it to do other things like invest in my business, invest in real estate, invest in crypto gold, you name it. But my money is still growing tax-free while I'm able to leverage it. So now I'm creating a foundation that's not just protecting my my family and my, my future, but I'm also being able to grow my money tax-free long-term while I'm also maintaining full control over my money to hopefully multiply. There's all, all kinds of other benefits as well. But I I wrote a book on this. I'm in the process of making a documentary and it's one of those things where it's like we have to take a step back. Remember, I'm not saying you can't invest in insurance, but it's an amazing savings vehicle. It's amazing. And so if you do live in the US or have the ability to get here, there's strategies that you may want to look into that create a lot of velocity and give a dollar more than one job.
0: Yeah, that's crazy because we don't have anything like that in Australia and I've seen a few people posting and talking about it and I'm like, and I was like, we just pay a monthly premium and then if something bad happens, we get yeah. benefit. And then I said, because then someone was like, yeah, I've got four. And I'm like, why would you like, what do you mean you have four? Like, yeah. it makes no sense to me. And like that, now that you've said that, it's like, oh, okay, it clears it up a little bit for me. Yeah. Most um, life
1: insurance yeah. is an expense. This type of life insurance that I wrote my book on is an asset. That's the biggest difference.
0: I love that. So Caleb, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask the same question at the end of my podcast, which is. What's a question that I didn't ask you that I should have?
1: I think one of the questions I ask all my guests on my show is the legacy question, which essentially is if this was your last day on earth and you were with the people that you love the most, what would you tell them? Because I just feel like that is a a great way to summarize a, a conversation. And also you get at the deepest root of why someone believes what they believe.
0: Yeah, so now you give me that question. Let's hear the answer.
1: I, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think part of what I'm going to do on my show is interview people that are on their deathbed because I'm so fascinated with how many people that are floating through their life and that are living life non-intentionally. And so one of the things that I would, I would share with the people that I love the most is, number one, like I would reassure them that I love them. And then I would just be like, hey, listen, like life is one of the greatest gifts. It's in the great, like, don't try to do the odds of being bored because it's, it's a, literally a miracle that we are here. And yet so many people are living and they're not even living intentionally. So I would just encourage, I would encourage everybody listening and I would encourage the people that I would be talking to, to really embrace their life and take it as a gift and, and use it to give to others. And there's an exercise that I have a lot of people, as our clients do, and it's essentially you get you get a piece of paper and you write 100 boxes, and those 100 boxes represent each box represents a year of your life, and then just starts shading in the boxes that you've already lived. Now I'm young, I'm, I'm 24, but I'm telling you, I've already lived one fourth of my life if I even live to 100. Now. I might live longer. I'm healthy. I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm on that
0: 150 target, man. At least there you go. Okay.
1: (laughs) So, so, okay. But still it goes quickly and we have, and that's the crazy thing is there are people that are in their seventies and eighties that are a billionaire that would trade places with me. And I don't think a lot of people are living like that. I think it's easy to look and say, I wish, I wish, I wish an 80 year old who has a billion dollar net worth would trade places with you. And so I just think perspective is huge. And I just see so many people floating, not living intentionally. And I'm telling you, like the people that I've interviewed that have lost their life, like they've never regretted going for it. And so I I just want to give people the permission to do that.
0: I think that's something pretty special and awesome to finish on there. So thank you for that. Now, for anyone that's been listening and they're like, I kind of like the cut of this Caleb guys this jib. How do they get in touch with you? How do they find out more about what you guys are up to?
1: Yeah. So regardless of where you're in, you can go to our website, betterwealth.com. And we actually have an, a, an assessment tool. You hit our assessment. We actually have a tool that shows you how much money you need to save to be financially balanced. And the page explains more of that. But it's, it's one of the only tools out there that, that gives you a really quick snapshot like how much money you need to save, how much money you need to make. It just gives you like an idea of where you're at. And so that's big. And then if you love podcasts, I, I have a podcast called Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. And I have a daily show where I interview certain people, but then I also have short episodes and, and yes, there's some strategies like the and asset that if you live in Canada or the U S you can take advantage of, but for the most part, wealth has everything to do with how you think. I really do believe that. And so those are the ways that you can stay in my world.
0: Amazing. So you guys, wherever you're listening or watching this, please check out the show notes, wherever they are. And we'll have all the links to Caleb and his business on there as well. So you guys can connect and find out more. And if you know anyone that is, you know, like it's maybe they're struggling or maybe they're already successful in investing and, and growing their wealth and their health and their lives make sure you share this episode with them. Share it around so that they can hear a bit of more of Caleb's message and maybe do some of those activities and shade in some of those boxes for those years and see if you guys are living intentionally or just floating by. So absolutely love that. Caleb, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Cheers.